I read that passage this morning in 2 Corinthians where Paul asks, who is equal to the task? It's not that, he says, who is sufficient? Who is adequate? Amen? 2 Corinthians 3. He says, who is adequate? He's basically saying, I'm not adequate. Titus isn't adequate. But then he says, our adequacy is from God. We've got to be feeling our inadequacy if we would find God's adequacy. We've got to be weak in the flesh if His power would be made perfect in our weakness. If we don't sense our inadequacy, then we won't find God's adequacy. If we walk into a meeting and believe that we can arrive at the truth by meandering our way through questions, and that is our adequacy, then we won't find God's adequacy in that meeting. If we think that we can sit down and solve the problems with our teenagers by leaning on the adequacy of the principles that we know are given by God, then we will not find the adequacy of the Spirit. And that's what he's saying here. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Through Christ. Christ in his corporate form. Christ, now the Lord, is the Spirit. The first Adam became a living soul. The second Adam became a life-giving spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. We have to have a certain measure of confidence. If we're going to sit down and, and, and presume to minister to someone, presume to help in a situation, we have to have a certain measure of confidence. But that confidence is not in us. Nor is it in our things or our ideas or our principles. That confidence is that if we would become weak in this very moment, if we would uh, open up, amen, become supple, open the, our thoughts, open our feelings, that the Holy Spirit would begin to move through us. Amen. That He would make intercession through us. That He would speak through us words that are not our own. Amen. Amen. It will not be you speaking, but, my, but the Spirit of my Father speaking through you what you will say and how you're going to say it. If we come with any other adequacy, we will not find the adequacy of Christ toward God. Amen? Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves. To consider anything as coming from ourselves. What is that? That is the utter renunciation of competition. That is the utter renunciation of establishing my place, like my dad was speaking about last week. My preeminence. Amen. This came from me. Amen. No competition. Nothing to prove. No claim to make. No house to build if the Lord isn't building it. No city to watch if the Lord isn't watching it. Amen. The utter renunciation of me and my abilities. Amen. God, I cannot have this meeting and it be anything but a failure unless your Holy Spirit would begin to move through me. If I'm sitting down to talk with my daughter about, her, about, her, about the way she presents herself that is ungodly, I am not adequate. Amen. That's where I've got to start. I'm not adequate. And then I've got to come to a place of confidence that God is adequate. That His Spirit, that the Lord is the Spirit. And that if I will humble myself, 
I will feel the Spirit. Amen. And I am so small, I am so reduced, that the tiny spark of the Spirit, I am proportionately so much smaller than that, that that smallest spark can become a pillar of fire in my life. Amen. And God can be real. His voice can be heard. And when the Spirit of the Lord moves, amen, I can respond. I can move with that movement. Amen. I can speak when He speaks. I can hear when He's saying something. I can be that little, that that totally reduced, amen, vessel, amen, that can immediately become filled when, 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 when the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If I've got it all figured out ahead of time, I won't feel that small, and I won't recognize it when he starts to speak. I'll talk over it. I'll interrupt it. I'll divert it. I'll take it somewhere else. Because my adequacy isn't completely and totally in God, in his spirit. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter murders, but the Spirit gives life. I use that word because that is actually one of the renderings of that word. The letter murders, it kills. But the Spirit provides life, brings resurrection. You see, we think that when we go to approach a problem, there are two basic modes. We always want to be in one instead of the other. We know those two basic modes are according to the flesh, according to the spirit. The natural solution, the spiritual solution. We all know that, don't we? Amen. And we tend to think that those are are two good efforts at solving the same problem. Kind of like the natural path versus the allopath. Amen. They're both going to try to solve the problem. But that isn't true. It's a doctor and a murderer. We're not going to help any. We're not going, if we are in the flesh, if we are in our principles, the letter that he's referring to was not a letter of bad things. It was a letter of good things. But without the Spirit, the letter of good things is a murderer. We can have the principles. We can create them or we can borrow them. And they can even be God in the right context. But they can be death, murder. I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. To fill it full of what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To fill it full with the the animation of God, of His love, of His anointing. There are absolute patterns where we know if we cross over certain lines, we are outside of God. We know that. Amen? But it does not follow that just because we stay inside of certain lines, we are in God. Do you understand? The law defines the outer parameter. It really defines what is not God. Amen? But it does not, in itself, define what is God in His essence. Do you understand? It is the fence 
that keeps out the predators. But we've got to at some point turn our backs to the fence and pursue the center. Go into the, into the garden of God, into the tree of life, and find the spring of God's Spirit, amen, that is there at the center, amen, of God's kingdom. Do you understand? Just because we are inside the fence does not mean that we are in the life of God. And that fence can even be the letter that kills. Paul refers to it in Romans 7 as specifically that. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The adequacy of the flesh is what he's referring to. It's all one sentence. And it kills, but the Spirit gives life. I look at my upbringing, I know Brother Abraham and my other siblings could say the same. There were lines you did not cross. And if you crossed them, of course, it would be clear that you were outside of God. But just staying in those lines, like he said, did not mean you were converted. And as parents, just teaching in those lines does not mean you are in the Spirit or that this, the Lordship of Jesus is coming through you. Is there that connection that only God, through His love, through His Spirit can make where you feel what is going on with your kids? Or are you in your own space and they're in their own space and you're priding yourself as staying inside the letter but the letter is killing you. The letter will not save you. And it's not the second best thing to the Spirit. It's the murderer and the Spirit is the doctor. It's what's doing the killing and the Spirit is doing the healing. So say there's a problem. Say we've got a serious crisis with one of the kids. If we sit down, let's say that they, they've, got a, they've got a hole in their carotid artery and they're hemorrhaging. And we've got to make a repair right now. Amen. And so we sit down in the flesh to make this repair on the basis of the letter that kills. What's going to happen to that wound? We're going to end up so much more damaged and so much closer to death when we're done. If we go into this and the adequacy of the flesh, the adequacy of our natural giftings, the adequacy of our past experience, the adequacy of anything but the Holy Spirit. God, would you please move in this place? Would you please move in my heart? Even if it's just me and my unrepentant carnal teenager, would you please move in my heart so that I can feel words coming to me that you could only have brought? Amen. So that I can see revelations, insights into the reality that might be hidden by their lies. Amen. God, would you please come in your presence. And if I don't have your presence, if your presence doesn't go, I'm not going. I'm not pretending nothing needs to be done, but I'm not just going to go ahead and do in the flesh what has to happen in the spirit. I'm going to go get my brother and I'm going to say, help me, brother. Show me what it is that's keeping the revelation from coming to me because I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, of course I could bring the letter to him, but that would kill him. So please help me get a hold of God for my teenager tonight. Something has got to happen that takes me beyond the flesh. It's not easy, but it's the only adequacy we've got. Amen. It's the only adequacy we've got. And until we can go into the situation with that adequacy, with confidence in that, amen, we are 
We are instruments of the devil. We are instruments of death, of killing, and not of life. And this goes for our Friday night meetings. This goes for our fellowships. This goes for these meetings. This goes for our Tamim times. This goes for life, brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. We've got to be people of the Spirit. We can't dabble in the Spirit and then resort back to the flesh because it was too hard or too uncertain. It's our only hope. Amen. If we can't get there, we can't get anywhere. There's nothing more wonderful than feeling like God is speaking through you to someone and you are at peace because you feel his adequacy. But you are completely participatory because you know he needs your surrendered willingness. And it's just coming. It's just coming. Unhindered. Amen. And then you can say, son, daughter, you're free to do what you want. But I'm innocent of the blood of all men because I have not shrunk back from declaring the full counsel of God to you. And know what Paul said? Amen. Then you can have peace. Amen. Because God has moved through you. It's up to them. It's their decision. You can do everything right and they can still decide to do evil. They can still spit in your face. Amen. But don't you want to know, amen, that, it, that you did it? That your adequacy was from God? Who is equal to the task? No one. Not a single person. I think of that story of, and we've shared it before, but I think of that story of, of when Naaman came and was healed. And, and then he offered to pay Elisha. Remember? And Elisha said, absolutely not. And Elisha's servant thought Naaman was doing something wrong. They were in need, maybe. So Elisha's servant Gehazi went running after Naaman and said, you know, my master just remembered and told Naaman a lie. And he got the clothes that he wanted and he got the gold that he wanted. And he went back and he stowed it away, he hid it away. And he came and, and he sat down in the presence of Elisha. Elisha was this man's father in the Lord. Amen. Elisha was so in tune with this man. It wasn't tell me how to have a conversation with my son. It wasn't quality time with dad. It wasn't formulas like that. Okay. That's not what was going on. This man loved Gehazi so much and carried such a burden that they were connected in the spirit. Does one lust and the rest not burn? Sadly, we'd have to answer yes, because the rest are so disconnected. They're so in their own space. They're so in their own mind. They don't, they're not hearing from God. They're not like Samuel laying on his bed and hearing from God through dreams, through words of knowledge. They don't feel an inadequacy if God is silent in that way. They're just going to carry on business as usual. Mere men producing more flesh because that which is born of flesh is flesh maybe somebody in the church will convert him but that's not the relationship Elisha had with Gehazi and he asked Gehazi he did the right thing he asked the questions he said where have you been Gehazi told him a lie but it was a plausible lie it was a believable lie but that's not what Elisha was speaking Elisha wasn't speaking in the flesh and he wasn't listening for the flesh. So when the flesh answered, Elisha didn't hear anything. He didn't hear any truth that he could say, Amen. He wasn't so clouded by what he wanted to hear that he filtered out the truth and gave way to wishful thinking. So he asked him the question, he told the lie, 
And Elisha says, did not my heart go with you? That's what we're talking about today. That's really all we're talking about today. That we could become so intertwined by the love of God and the Spirit of God, so connected, so eaten up with the burden. Ooh, God. That our heart goes with people. And then comes the Word of God. Amen. Our heart goes with them. Then comes the mercy and the compassion and the healing. Our heart goes with them. And then comes the warning in the Spirit. The rebuke in the Spirit. The correction in the Spirit. The guidelines and patterns in the Spirit. Because it's coming from the heart. Oh God. I think it's the biggest threat we face as families. I truly do. I believe it is the biggest threat we face. It's obvious that a, a, a father and a mother that are completely carnal, they're going to give birth to disasters. But the biggest threat is when we can be so principled and so ordered in our own mind, so sure of ourselves, that we can't feel that inadequacy that leads to the adequacy of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So here we are again. And I ask you to pray that God will take this into your heart. Not in condemnation, but in conviction that says, yes, God, I can do that. I can get there. I see the difference between adequacy and failure. I can be that parent. I can be that brother, that sister, that minister. I can be it, God. We have an adequacy. He does not leave us as orphans. He will come to us. He will speak through us. He will love through us. He will move through his people. We are able. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do it. Lord, in Jesus' name, I beg you, God, to help us. Help me. Help us to hear this word today. Amen. And direct the sword right to the place in our lives that needs to be challenged, questioned, where we need to see our inadequacy, God. Jesus' name.